My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music to the cast to the unforgettable plot twist, every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia and joining me today to continue our breakdown of 2017's Caer en Tentación is our dear friend Kimberly Michelle Padilla Estrada Kimberly. Woo woo! <laughs> let's get let's get into it. All right. So typically we each watch Caer separately, but then today Kim hadn't watched the last episode we wanted to watch before recording, so we got to watch it together. Well, I had already finished it, but I got to see Kim's reaction to the ending, and it was so juicy. Oh my god. It was so juicy, and I was thinking, like, so you said that typically it's every fourth episode, no, it's every fifth episode, right? Mm -hmm. That, like, is, like, the cliffhanger, because that's the end of the week. Yes. And yes, this was 75, right? This was 75. Yeah. So I, f I felt that... If I were, if I didn't have access to all the episodes, I would have been so pissed because <laughs> you best believe we're about to watch 76 right after we're done recording. As soon as we're done recording. But real fast, quick announcements. Uh, as always, if you like what you're hearing, I haven't done this plug in a while. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. Let us know how much you're liking it. And also, uh, check out our telenovela stickers. I am I just did inventory today, so I will be restocking on new designs, hopefully soon. And yeah, I'm excited about those. And check out my YouTube channel, where we now have over 600 subscribers. So Dang. that's... I know, I know. Little, little... ¿Cómo se dice? When you're, like, gassing yourself up. Like little me or what? I don't know. There's a word for it. Not self-promotion, which is what I'm doing. But uh, not to toot my own... Toot, yeah, I was going to say toot toot. <laughs> yeah, not to toot my own horn. However, we are 600 strong. Mm -hmm. Toot it. So if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Tomorrow, actually, which... By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be, like, earlier in the week. I am posting, I think it's, gonna, it's like, my best video I've done so far. And it's in Spanish, so I am making the English version soon, but it's not done yet. But it's uh, going, breaking down Ruby and Teresa and yeah. the differences. It's a really cool video. You should check it out by the time you're listening to this. But without further ado, let's get started on Caer en Tentación. Last we left off, Santiago was in prison for the possible murder of Carolina and Damian was still in a coma. And I am so happy to say we'll get there. But after 75 episodes, someone wakes up from their coma. Someone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first of all, let's cover Santiago a little bit. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned, he's in prison right now because... They think he killed Carolina. Mm -hmm. The gun that killed her is his father's gun, which is now his gun. So things aren't looking good for him, but Raquel is standing by him. It's all cute. It's all dandy. I thought something that was interesting was, okay, so 
we see Antonio like literally pulling out Santiago out of a cell to give him to share his lunch with him. I was so mad because I'm like, obviously, like there's just there, he should have been not allowed to to you know investigate the case when he found out that he's investigating the murder of his best friend's son's wife that's definitely conflict of interest definitely but so so we see this but i thought something that was really interesting was antonio has like this conversation with santiago where he basically tells santiago man up like stop stop like letting yourself fall into the sadness of of your situation and and go face it coldly like the people who are you know who put you behind bars like you have to he basically told santiago you have to do my job for me i i felt in a way like (laughs) investigate like and i i mean i guess i get it you know because like the work of of investigators it only it works smoother if like the people involved cooperate and so yeah he was basically like get it together you know do what you gotta do and then we see like i don't know santiago just really like fall in in desperation like i cried so hard in the scene where antonio told santiago that that medium had took benha because this man is just breaking down and he's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And like, ugh, Carlos Ferrer, like, he really did that scene. He did that scene good. Like, we say actor, you say Carlos Ferro, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was so, and I think it's because we, we've been, we've been, so we saw this, sh- this major shift in Raquel, right? We saw her breakdown. And now we're seeing this major shift in Santiago and it was his breakdown and now him kind of like it was it was almost like a, a fire was kind of lit under him. And there was even like a moment where we saw like the his his desperation and we had seen it before. He wanted to basically take Ben Hat and run away with him. But we see another moment of desperation when his cellmate basically tells him that he can break him out of prison if he pays him you know a large sum of money and santiago is like well how much and when alina comes to visit he's like you need to get me money of course we know that some shady shit has been going on with alina and i think this in that scene that was the moment when i was like okay alina uh alina she's she's on nico's side and Mm -hmm. that means that for the time being she's on santiago's side so real fast, real background, because I don't think we've ever mentioned Alina. Uh, Alina is a lawyer who is a dominatrix type character that likes young men. And she has set her eyes on Nico, who is working as her sort of paralegal almost, because Nico is interested in becoming a lawyer. And so she is the only lawyer that this universe, well, not the only one, because then we meet her rival, who works for Miriam. Um, but she's the only character that Carolina's side of the universe knows. And so therefore she is used for everything. She's the one that frees Bevo from prison when he's in the United States. She's the one that they call when Santiago gets put into prison. The one that's handling Ben has custody battle. And we'll see her handling Lola's legal troubles too. She's, she's apparently doing it all. But I do like that there's a moment where she acknowledges that she's like, that's not my specialty. And so 
you know, the universe of telenovela is acknowledging that no, there's no way one lawyer specializes in all these types of law. But so she has a thing for Nico and it seems that she has fallen in love with him. And there's there's this moment where I really thought that she was someone we can't trust. And still, actually, I don't think we can trust her. But like you said, for the time being, she's on Nico's side. The lawyer for Miriam contacts her and they had a thing. She used to work under him and, you know, they did the devil's tango. And, <laughs> and uh, so she, you know, she knows him and he's like, and she also messed with his son. So it's all complicated. Uh, but he tells her, if you screw up Ben has case, like we can give you a large sum of money, but then you also have to leave the country. And so she says, yes. And I was like, oh, dang, she's really going to betray them. But then she tells Santiago, I said yes, because it's the only way for me to know what they're planning. So she's playing both sides. Mm -hmm. She ain't dumb. Well, okay, so the reason why I trust her is because so the whole time with Nico, it's been really weird and it's been really toxic. Like, so, so we find out that, you know, she worked under Medium's lawyer, Rueda, and obviously, like, they had some kind of sexual relationship. We can assume when she was really young. So I don't know if this is kind of like, uh, her way of like, I don't even know, like, not correcting that or copying that i'm not sure but we do know that now she's she's kind of like doing the same thing inversely right now she's this person in power and now she's seeking out young men and she's using them and rueda's son almost kills himself because he is so infatuated with her and she just drops him so cold and she's consistently so cold with nico And at one point, she's, she's so toxic. At one point, she tells, she tells Nico, like, I want you to go home and have sex with your girlfriend. And then I want you to come in the next day and tell me who, like, basically who fucked you better. And I was like, oh my God, like this fucking lady. And she's like, she's so temperamental with him. And the whole time he's like, I love you. I want you. And she's just like you gotta be kidding me, like, you know what this is, this is just sex, like, but then when Nico is kind of, like, because, I mean, so Nico was into Mia in the past, right, and it was very similar, Mia's very temperamental, so sometimes they'd be together, sometimes they wouldn't, and there'd be times where Nico would be, like, well, fuck this, and then Mia would be, like, okay, actually, I'm into you, and slowly reel Nico back in, and similarly, Nico hit that point where he's like well fuck this with alina and now she's like all over him and i guess realizing that she loves him i'm gonna put air quotes because i really don't think that was love because obviously like i think she might be attracted to power which is why she was attracted to rueda if she was attracted to him right Mm because maybe she felt obligated to do it because something that we saw was that after Nico was like, you know, fuck this with Alina, she she basically comes on to him and he's like, I thought we weren't doing that anymore. And he's like, she says, this is your payment for me helping your father. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know if she felt pressured to have sex with her old boss. It could be. But I think now she's very much like 
the power has gone to her head. And so it's just really toxic. But she confesses that she's in love with Nico to Raquel. And then she confesses that she's in love with Nico to Santiago. And she does this before confessing that love to Nico. And there, it was that scene where she confesses to Santiago, tells him about all the like double agent stuff that I'm like, I think we can trust her for the moment because I think she really believes she's in love with Nico. And even in that moment where she confesses her love to Nico, like she kind of like risks her whole plan, you know, just to like really confirm to Nico, no, I'm in love with you. Yeah, she's shady. She's sus. <laughs> After my whole long-winded speech, you yeah. still think she's shady and sus? Yeah, she is. She And I want to move on from her because, honestly, like, she's interesting, but we got some more interesting stuff True. in this episode. Okay. And one of them is that Santiago's name gets clear. And why, you may ask? Because we find out who the fingerprint belongs to. And guess what? It's Damian. Damian's fingerprint is on the gun. So did he kill her? We don't know yet because he's still in a coma. But something that I want to talk to you about is last episode we talked about the reporter, Laura, and her husband. I don't think they ever got divorced. Godoy. I almost called her Godin. <laughs> Godoy. And her husband, Godoy. Because I mentioned that I think that their relationship is going to be very important and their past is going to be important because it's going to show us a parallel to maybe perhaps what happened with Carolina and Damian because this telenovela loves to show us parallels. So we find out what happened and why Laura has a disability in her leg. And it's because Godoy cheated on her, not once, but twice, the person that she cheated on, that he cheated on her with is a protected witness who then goes to Laura and is like, I need to file a report or I want you to do a story on a police officer who's abusing his power. I forget the word that she uses. And then he confronts her about it, but then they have sex, which is mm, disgusting. I thought that was hot. <laughs> I was like, dang, that hate sex. Well, the part, he literally pushes her on the bed, like, disgusted. And then yeah. she's making a... <laughs> she's making eye contact with... Oh, my God, Kim, I cannot. Okay. Focus, focus, focus. She's making eye contact with him. Dude's <laughs> just covering her eyes so she doesn't have to look at me. Go ahead, I'll look away. <laughs> And then he looks at her, and then he takes off his jacket, and then he kisses her, and they do it. And then, of course, poor Laura has lost her baby, but she's hella manipulative, so we're not even gonna... And, okay, so really quick, really quick, really quick. Um, So me and Dulce had a quick conversation about whose side we're on in that whole thing. I would just like to say, Godoy is an insensitive asshole. And thinking on it now, he's even really insensitive with Cynthia, right? So Cynthia is Raquel's sister. Uh, she has problems. At one point, I'm not sure if we really fully got into it, but at one point, she becomes a protected witness. Ooh, again, another protected witness. What did I tell you on the parallels? Mm -hmm, for Godoy, because... Because she is friends with another police officer who's doing shady shit on the side. So basically, Godoy, in order to convince her to, like, give him information on the shady cop, he, he like, 
clearly he like with like a straight face says if you don't do this you're going to jail if you don't like and it's just like really really insensitive with poor little cynthia who like if you look at her she's like a little baby fragile bird or baby doe or something yeah she's so fragile she's so like you just want to protect her you do she does everything wrong but for the right reasons and she's just trying to protect her sister she's trying to do what she can because she knows that she's a screw-up and she knows that there's not much she can offer but the little i know we love her and it's like uh it's so hard because it watching her is really like seeing like a i i keep i keep thinking dear so i'm gonna stick with it like a fawn just like getting up and then like trying to like walk over and then they fall into like a bush of thorns or something like it's it's hard to watch her but anyways so godoy is insensitive as is just super fucking insensitive so when laura gets you know gets this whatever confrontation which by the way last week i said her name was griselda her name was actually celia my apologies damn we ran with griselda (laughs) we really ran with griselda (laughs) but um when she gets this information the first thing she does is ask Godoy, like, did you cheat on me? And he, 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 his answer is, I would never risk my job. Mm. Which she calls out. She's like, funny that you answered it like that instead of telling me if you cheated on me or not. And he's like, of course I didn't. Which he did. And then... This is after she's had a miscarriage on the child they both wanted. Exactly. And the only reason why Godoy, after having sex with Celia, not Griselda, twice, the only reason he actually confesses it to Laura is because his boss, Antonio, is basically like, you need to get ahead of this, like, both career-wise and in your marriage. Like, because if you're going to save your your career, maybe save your marriage, like, you really just have to, like, come to terms with what happened and deal with it. So, uh, from this advice, he goes and he confesses to Laura that he cheated on her, and she's, like, crying, and he's he's so monotone and straight-faced, basically like, yeah, I cheated on you, and then she's crying, and he's like, are you ready to get over it now? Like, that's how I took it, because he's just, he, uh, he doesn't give her any time to fucking feel it. He's just like, yeah, I messed up, let's move on, and I'm like, no, you have to let her fucking call you out, rage against you, and because he's so cold about it, that would have been fucking enraging to me. And then we see her grab the gun, shoot herself. And I will say that Laura is someone who holds grudges. We can see that immediately. And this grudge really turns her into a bitter person. And that makes me so sad because in in the scenes that we got of her life before this this thing happened to her, she was she was so light and free and i'm just gonna interject because i've been wanting to interject ever since you were like he just confesses to her and is so cold about it one he's a police officer that's his monotone voice but two this is coming from the person who two episodes ago was like there is a right way to cheat and it's if you cheat you confess to it so now he's doing what you said was right yeah i'm not saying him confessing was wrong i'm saying like Okay, okay, the way he okay, did. Okay, if I'm saying there's a right way to cheat, I'm saying there's a right way to. Con- Sorry, <laughs> if I'm saying there's a right way to cheat, I'm also saying that there's a right way to confess, and that's literally fucking 
on your knees, calling yourself scum, begging for mercy. Oh my god, kid. It's true. Okay, but they were both in a place in their relationship, in their marriage, that they were both, like, toxic to each other. She pushed him away. She didn't allow him to be there for her. Like, yes, he had a really bad, I think, bad reaction when she had the miscarriage. Because I don't want to blame Laura, but she definitely put her career above doctor's orders. And he tells her that you chose your career above our kid. And he's very insensitive in that way. But then also Laura pushes him away and is like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you. And then when she gets shot, which by the way, she pulls out the gun on him. Like we brushed over that. She tried, like, was she trying to kill him? And then, oh, mm, kill herself. Okay, I see. And But regardless, she pulled out a gun. And then when she shoot her, when she, la, 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 English, once she shoots herself. He's trying to stop the hemorrhage, stop her from bleeding, and all she can do is say, you did this, look at what you did, look at what you did, and saying, get away from me, get away from me. So obviously they're both not good for each other, (laughs) because one of them is really fucking insensitive, and the other one is very ambitious career-wise, and is is holds a grudge i'd argue they're both yeah they're both career driven yeah they're both career they're both career driven we've only been focusing on the fact that laura is career driven but they're misogyny wow look at us Mm -hmm. but anyway the reason i bring this backstory up in connection with damian's fingerprint and right now i will be playing you all a voice memo i sent kim and I hope, I hope I, I'm right a little bit, that way I can gloat. Remember when I said that I thought that the reporter and the cop were a parallel to what happened with Carolina and Damian and everything? Well, I just am watching, I think it's episode 73, and it just got revealed that the reason she's disabled is because she accidentally shot herself, right? What if... Carolina was accidentally shot. What if it's, yeah, like, like somehow, like, yeah, you know how her and Damiana are always fighting? What if they got into a big fight or something and then it was an accident? What if it was, what if it was an accident? Oh my God, I'm, I, sorry, big brain energy right now. I love that. <laughs> big brain energy. <laughs> What if it was an accident? Because, again, much like how we were just focusing on Laura being career-driven, what if we've been focusing on the framework all wrong? And what if Damian was the target that night, not Carolina? And what if it was an accident? Accidents happen, as we just saw. Which, I mean, it's crazy to think about. Okay, so let's let's focus on the gun for a second. Because the gun, although it was Damian's fingers, fingerprints... That gun came from the drawer inside of Carolina and Santiago's bedroom. Inside the drawer filled with their children's clothes. How many people have access to that? I think arguably Damian would have access, right? Because it's been, it's happened mm-hmm. before where it's fucked up, but he's fucked his lover in her marital bed. So... He has been in their bedroom before. He could have been in their bedroom again. But we have to remember that this gun got to Damian. So either Damian was in that room and felt the need to take the gun. Maybe he felt threatened by Vicente. I don't even think Damian had to take the gun. 
Carolina could have taken it because we saw that when Vicente, Carolina's brother, came to confront her and ask for money, she pulled out that gun. So what would make Carolina be like, I'm going to take this gun on the trip? Exactly. If, if, it, if it was one of them two. I, I think that hasn't been revealed yet. I, I just don't... <sighs> I think they were running away from something. I think they were running away from something too, but I don't think it was Damian or Carolina who brought the gun on the trip. I, I just, th- I, I don't honestly, see Honestly, I do. Agree to disagree. Uh, Kim, why do we fight so much? Because uh, we're both so passionate about what we believe, and that's a good thing. It is a good thing, but we literally fight all the time. I know. Are we toxic? We're not toxic. Okay. If anything, it shows that our friendship is strong because we're right. We never com- let exactly. That's right. We never let the fights get in between us. Mm-hmm. What wow. do they say? Never go to bed angry. Never go to how? How would that apply to us? Never record a podcast angry. Wow, I Love know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, but yeah, so you know, there's still so much we don't know about that night. But we do. But what we do know is that Santiago didn't kill Carolina. At mm, I'm gonna modify that. We know that Santiago did not use a gun. Mm. <laughs> wait no no we don't know anything because <laughs> okay so what i'm hearing from you right now is santiago could have used the gun wiped it clean and then walked it back to put that man's hand on it that makes no sense mm, listen to me okay what i'm saying is that man could have had the gun his fingerprint santiago could have used gloves so it doesn't leave his fingerprints but it still leaves damian's Hmm. Ugh. But, uh, then that means because okay uh, we don't know anything because now I, i'm like yeah. was it calculated or was it something that like happened in the moment and if we go to the parallels that this telenovela loves doing it could have been something that just happened mm-hmm. and that's where i'm kind of leaning towards Ugh, we really don't know anything. That's, you know... <laughs> In conclusion, we think we know something, but we really don't because this telenovela just keeps us on our toes. So speaking of this telenovela, just, you know... I forget who said this amongst us, but when we were first watching Karen Intentación without editing, without recording a podcast, we said how the telenovela sometimes seems to drag, and just when you think it's dragging it'll pull some crazy thing or it'll reveal some vital piece of information. And I feel like that's how we've been operating. Mm -hmm. And this whole time, we're 74 episodes in. It looks like Damien's not going to wake up. Like the doctors tell Raquel and Miriam, he's not going to wake up. You guys have to decide when to pull the plug. And guess what happens on episode 74? He opens his eyes. He wakes up. Mm -hmm. But there's a caveat. So he wakes up, but he can't, he can't speak yet. He's not, they still have to see if it was just a reflection or if there's any brain activity, but everyone, everyone is called upon this moment. Oh my God. Como chingan. Like, that's what I think every time Raquel and Santiago get a freaking, a single moment to breathe. So they find, they meet up in a hotel because they're still on that. Um, and they're like making passionate love. We see them in the shower and everything. And the whole time, like, Fed is blowing her up. 
Mia's blowing um, her up because they're like, oh, my God, like, he's awake. Like, she needs to be here. And then finally, like, you know, she gets she gets in contact with them and rushes over. And costume department, I see you because Raquel is always in very neutral colors. She's never she's never in any vibrant colors. But this time they have her in like this very vibrant red, which like to me, I'm like, sex. I don't know. I'm just like they did that because now she's like she she's she's enthralled in like her lusty lovey relationship you talking about that just made me think raquel throughout the whole time muted colors right who she is in the past but now that damian is finally awake and potentially gonna see her again she's not the raquel that she was when he got into the coma she's a new woman she's found her power and she's not afraid to show who she is oh yes. costume department fuck that man he's gonna regret everything but i think some some other interesting things which i think at one point we should talk about medium and what we learned but when raquel finally shows up it's mia federico and medium who are there and it was very interesting to see their reactions raquel was just like just basically wanting more information and asking about more information and as the doctor reveals like we know this wasn't a reflex like we test we scanned his brain again and we're seeing brain activity now this is a very good sign we see the reactions Mia is overjoyed. She's like, our family is going to be back together. It's going to take some time, but we're going to be the family we were. Mm -hmm. Raquel is overwhelmed. Federico looks... It's so hard to read Federico. And I love that they mentioned this. And I think in the same episode, Federico is really hard to read. And so I was really confused by his reaction. It wasn't excited, though. He mm. wasn't excited. I wouldn't even say happy, but there was something there. And Medium, Dulce, tell us about Medium and her reaction. Okay, I immediately clogged Medium's reaction because I, you know, the killer does not want Damian to be awake. I have always said that Damian wasn't supposed to even be alive. Like, he was supposed to die in the in the accident, but he didn't. So then when he woke up, I was like, ooh, we're going to see how people react and who's happy and who isn't. And it's interesting that Pede is so hard to read because, you know, I I think I said that he you was... I just want to mention one thing. So actually, because I listened to our our episodes recently we actually flip-flop a lot because we've also said that the fact that damien is alive told us that it was someone on damien's side mm -hmm. and now we're like well damien was supposed to be dead right. but also i think in the in the first recording i think i named mia and you called her the obvious choice and last week you said mia and i but you did in that first episode when I said Mia, you said Federico. I did, but it was partly to make you mad, but partly because <laughs> it's not the obvious choice. But Miriam, who I would consider not an obvious choice, but definitely like someone that could kill. She asked the doctor, what is he going to be like? Is he going to be fully recuperated? Is he going to, you know, is he going to be able to talk? Like what's, like what's the diagnosis? What's the prognosis or whatever? And... 
At first, at first glance, you may be thinking, dear listener, well, that seems normal. She's his mother. However, you're in this universe, right? There's a murderer out there. Wouldn't you want, wouldn't you be interested to know what the soul, testigo, the soul, what's the word for testigo? Witness. The, what the soul witness would remember? So I clocked a medium's reaction as being like, oh, maybe she doesn't want that man to be awake. And maybe she doesn't want him to be able to talk about what happened that night because maybe medium is involved. And we've already like established that medium is willing to kill her son. Mm -hmm. She's willing to have him be gone. Potentially something happened and he was in her way and... Maybe because we also mentioned that medium would not want to be in jail. Like she just seems like that kind of person who would not do good in jail and would rather be dead. Maybe she wanted to kill Carolina. Damian was just in the way. And now she's like, well, if it's like Damian being awake and exposing me or him being dead, I'd rather him being dead. So time for me to disagree. Oh, God. <laughs> and after you disagree, go into medium. Okay, uh, that's actually why I disagree. Okay, cool. Because, so, like Dulce said, Medium attempted to kill her son. But it was a mercy kill. This is, this... So we think. No, I believe it, I believe it was a mercy kill. Mm. So we see that Medium obviously has, like, a twisted thing with the man. And I also read her worry when um she was asking all those questions but then i i think i saw that worry like again and the explanation for that worry in a following conversation that she had with raquel because um raquel she kind of makes a comment like we'll see when he wakes up and what he remembers and then she raquel responds with like yes and then i can tell him all about how you left us without money how you treated me how you treated how you hurt um mia federico and now benha like i'm ready to tell him all that you did to us and we see that Medium is really worried and she just kind of gives a shady response like, well, we'll see what he says about you sleeping with Santiago. So it's the fact that that she really did do a lot of things that she knows that her son would be upset with when he was gone. But also, content warning again. This next part has to do with child abuse and sexual abuse. So in Earlier episodes, we see Raquel coming out of her breakdown, finding out that Miriam su succeeded in taking full custody of Benha. We see her kind of regain her strength and march down to Miriam's house. And Miriam just opens the door and is going to tell her off and shut it. But then Raquel starts saying things along the lines of like, I know the type of person you are. And she starts saying things like all of all of the harm that you did to your son, all of the years he spent in therapy, all of the years it took him to confess it to me. I know what you did to him. You abused your son. And I'm not going to let you do the same to that little boy. This is this is the moment where we start to see medium crumble. Like I like she literally crumbles. She is she like is so ashamed of what she's hearing. She literally k 
can't stand it. She's shoving Raquel away. She's trying to slam the door on her. Raquel is holding the door open. Um, so Raquel mentions abuse. To me, it's it feels like the abuse was of a sec- of a sexual nature. Um, and like I said, we start to see Miriam crumble. So I think more than anything, it's just it's all of the horrible things that Miriam did starting to catch up to her. But in my mind, that doesn't include killing her son. Well, actually, see, hearing you speak that, I do think, again, I'm going to I'm gonna read back myself up, but I'm going to modify my reasoning. Uh, what if, what if Damian was ready to, like, go public on what Miriam did to him? Mm. I think that's motive. The reason why he would want to go public, I would assume, would have to do something with, like, Benha, would have to do something with maybe Carolina, maybe Miriam was ready to expose him and he was like i'm done being under your control like i'm ready to tell like what you did potentially Mm -hmm. we don't know yet yeah and then on top of that we find out so it's confirmed i mean we've already been new but it's confirmed that um andres damian's cousin medium's nephew has been involved in some money laundering we also find out that he got involved with narcos Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And we know that Medium at least knew about the money laundering. Now, she, when she's having the conversation about it with her, with her lawyer, it's, she's framing it as, yes, I knew about it, about it, but I scolded him and told him, um, as long as it's returned, it's fine. And then we find out that she kind of, one of the reasons why she is, I guess, like approving of the money laundering is because she doesn't want the, she doesn't want the money in the business because she didn't want Raquel to have access to it. Now, because the money was conserved in her bank account under her name, Andres is now saying like, well, now you're an accomplice. So now you have to do what I do. And her lawyer basically kind of confirms that like, yeah, you're an accomplice now. So Medium's world is crashing down. If it's true, and I believe it's true, the allegations of abuse that Raquel put on her, if that comes out, if the money laundering comes out, if her son finds out all of the harm that she did to his family, like she's going to have no allies, no money, no freedom cuz she's probably going to go to jail. So Medium is looking like a likely, like a likely oh, I I'm lacking my words today. She's looking like suspect. The, suspect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it so that y'all won't know that I stumbled on this word again. Uh so yeah, so Medium is emerging as a likely suspect. And now to talk about the literally the last three minutes of episode 75, which is where we stopped watching. Let me set the stage for you all. Up until this point, everyone has basically had a one-on-one with comatose Damian. Everyone until Kim mentioned, not Santiago. And so Damian is now awake, but he still hasn't opened his eyes. The most he's done is he's held hands and like like squeeze them to show that he's listening and he's able to hear. 
But then we see Santiago and we just see his face and then he starts talking. And it's a dark Santiago that we have not seen. I don't know if it was the hospital lighting or something, but I felt like the... Ugh, is animosity the right word? I don't the know. The veneno, the venom that mm-hmm. just... Oof, the camera pans and we see he's talking to Damian. And Kim, I think you said that you saw the flicker in his eyes. Oh yeah, I saw when... As soon as Santiago started talking, and I think he starts his monologue by saying, why did you do this to me? Why did you steal my woman? And I think it was at that moment where I saw the flicker Mm -hmm. in Damien's eyes. And so Santiago just starts, and I'm not going to say going off, because the thing is, he's eyes cold calm and that ooh, that scared me because you know that when people are emotional and they're like ah, like you almost don't take it seriously you're like okay they're overreacting but the precision in his iceness ooh, we might have another suspect i was ready to say it wasn't santiago but now i'm not so sure because he and kim is disagreeing with me again but um but basically, he starts going to him and saying, yeah, why did like why did you steal my wife? And why did you do this? And why did you take Benha from me? And did you know that Carolina was pregnant with my child that night? Is that why, like, why she's dead? And all this stuff and saying, I'm not going to let you take Benha. I'm not going to let you take Raquel. She's under my protection now. And then he says... I hope you open your eyes. I hope I can look at you and I hope you get better so that I can kill you. With my bare hands. And in that moment, Damian's eyes open. And now he's staring straight at Santiago, who has not flinched. And he's looking at Damian's eyes and not a word is said. And the episode ends. (laughs) Yes, and I will meant he didn't just open it. He turned his head, which we hadn't seen before. Mm. He turned his head to look Santiago right in his eyes. And I will say at this point, the reason why I disagree, and I don't think it's Santiago, really quick, is because the coldness, the precision, the iciness in that monologue tells me Santiago didn't need a second chance to kill Damian. Ooh. He would have gotten it done the first time around. Ooh. He Points would have. Points were made. I'd also like to add that my reading of Damian in that moment was almost him begging Santiago to kill him. Mm. And that is how the episode ends. And that is how we're going to be ending this episode. Oh my god. We're almost at the end, y'all. Still so many questions unanswered. 75 episodes and Damian is finally awake. And ooh, I can't wait for people to fight him. I just can't wait. Um, Real fast, we have to do our killer. Like, one word. Who do you think the killer is? Oh, Raquel. (laughs) Okay, I wish we could unpack that, but I, I like the one word and we're done. I'm going to go with Fede. Wow. (laughs) Kimberly, thank you so much for being on this episode. Yes, y'all, we're so close to the finish line. We literally have like maybe two weeks of podcast episodes left. 
So we're 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 getting so close to the finish line. Let me know who you all think the killer is. Send me messages. Let me know. Send send me voice messages. I'll play them. But if you do know who the real killer is, no spoilers, okay? I will stop this podcast if I get a spoiler. <laughs> Just kidding. But I will be very upset. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I can't wait to talk to you all next week and see what else has been happening. We're about to go watch episode 76. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.